You may sit down for a last lap, and then we'll be out of this place. Wow. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Please don't go away. Don't go away. Don't go away. We're about to finish. Please don't leave. We are here. What a church. I said, what a church. I love it. Hallelujah. It's a blessing. Lay pastors struggle with closeness. Lay pastors struggle with closeness. Listen, these are in the books, okay? So, when we finish, you can go and read the rest. Struggles of lay pastors in the book, like us. Okay? But you want the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Struggles of the lay pastors. All right. Closeness. Closeness to God and closeness to God's anointed. Amen. We've spoken quite a bit about closeness to God's anointed in the early stages of this camp. So in this one, I'm going to talk about closeness to God. Hallelujah. A minister ought to be close to God. Did you know that? And God knows it when you're not close. Amen. God knows it when we are not close. And because of that, he desires that we draw near. The Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 8, Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Mm. cleanse your hands ye sinners and purify your hearts ye double minded double mindedness contaminates your heart okay double mindedness whether it's double mindedness for lay versus full time double mindedness is the existence of God or is it just that's no, but draw near to God and he will draw near unto you that's a very important thing and I'm going to use a parable that Jesus spoke to explain it a little bit. Amen. Matthew 25. That's the parable of the virgins. Okay. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom. Oh, English language says if it is um, consonant, you say the. The bridegroom. If it's a vowel, you say the, the answer, then the bridegroom. Is that English language? You remember your grammar and then all that? You've forgotten? Yeah. Say you'll be there. This is not for art students, this is for science students. I mean, this is not for science students, this is for art students. I did economics, I did English, I did literature for a bit, I did geography. Yeah, so. 
Amen. So, so the kingdom, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, uh, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise. Five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, not so, lest there be not enough for us and for you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Remember, Lord, Lord, open to us. But the bridegroom answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I know you not. I know you not. You see, in closing, as we go home, the differences will begin to show. There are always two categories. Whether it's pastors or what, of people that wait on God. They are the category of the wise virgins and the category of the foolish virgins. All of them are virgins. Virginity is a term that essentially is used in biblical language for purity, for spirituality, for holiness, for readiness to be used. You know, for, you know, a ground that just ready, God, use me. Purity, holiness, righteousness, sanctification, you know. That is what often we ascribe to priests, true Christians, church folk. They can be in the category of virgins. But in the sight of God, not just the blanket word virgins, but they are foolish virgins and they are wise virgins. And the difference is not something that you can see in church with a naked eye. The differences are not easy to discern from the naked eye. But God sees. Even in life, you can't just sit down by the dress and say you are a virgin. You have to go deep. I'll say it again. Virginity is assessed 
when you can go in into the person, even physically. Yeah. So spiritually, it's the same thing. You can't see. You can't just say by coming into church, the fact that you are went to McDonald's doesn't make you a burger. Do you get the point? The fact that you say you are a virgin does not mean you are a virgin. It has to be proven. And that proof is not easily done. And because it's not something that can be allowed physically, you can't easily deny it when somebody claims that he's a virgin. So we allow all people who say virgins to do virgin things. But only God knows the truth. Because it's indecent even to ask, let me check whether you're a virgin. It's even an affront and an insult. You see a virgin, I say, I want to check. You the one who wants to check, you look funny. You question somebody's virginity, you look funny. But it's true that there are some who claim that they are virgins, but they are not. Do you get the point? Now, there was a time that um, in America, there was a, a guy who had worked very hard. He came without papers and was without documents and worked his way until he finally got documents through some marriage of convenience, something, 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 but had children in um, Ghana. And so, after a certain number of years, he had children, he had about, I think about six children or so. Yeah, in Ghana. You know, so he would come and go, come and go, come to America, come and have a little pregnancy. And then, so by the time he, all the papers were through, he had a six children and decided he wants to come for his wife and for his children and take them to where he was in the United States of America. There was a lot of rejoicing. There was a lot of happiness, a lot of fanfare. They did the farewell parties and all that. Gifts and things were given and at that time, everything, papers were being processed. Everything was ready. Told them they should come. The only thing that was left was the medical report. But essentially, they said, once the medical report comes, that's all. So they had processed everything. They were just, just come and pick up. So they bought tickets and everything. They were just waiting for the medical report. When the medical report came, included was the DNA testing. And the DNA testing said, Whose children are these? And the DNA testing, they use the genetic test of the primary person who is applying for others. So your children are six. Father, they don't mind who their mothers are. You are the father, you are the American. So where your genes are, there, those are the people who bring. They check the DNA test. Only three of them were the man's children. Only mothers know. Not knowing all the time that the man was struggling and fighting and in winter and in cold and in snow, the woman was enjoying somebody else. She told the man, since you left, I've been a virgin. Not knowing any time that the man comes in and just tries to do this and then goes away. Ah, somebody else is there. It was at least, if Ghana had gotten a draw, we would have been in. 3-3. Three, three. That was the beginning of sorrows. Ladies and gentlemen, everything that was meant to be happiness. 
the woman was rejected. The three children were rejected. Only three of them were carried to America. This is what is likely to happen if we sit in here and claim by the cheap words of mouth that we are what we are not. The biggest thing here is that God was looking for them. They were supposed to go to a marriage feast. Now, marriage feast, those who are invited usually are those with a deep relationship with the groom. Yes. So these bridegrooms, they were coming to a marriage relationship and the bridegroom, God was talking about how he would select his people to himself. Yeah. So the, the lost sheep the, the lost coin, the lost and those were there. But this one, if you look at chapter 24, God says that God is going to come suddenly like a thief in the night and you should prepare. So he was talking about those who come to him and he used marriage because he, the church is called the bride of God and God is called the bridegroom. Yes. Jesus is the bridegroom. So he's going to bring his bride to himself. So it's an intimate relationship. You can call it a marriage with God. The church is multiple people, but we all have one bridegroom. So as we're coming, God is expecting that you'll be married to you, to you, to you, to you, to you. All of us have to come as virgins and wise virgins. What is it that is required? It's one thing. A relationship. To know biblically, it means to have a marital relationship, a deep, intimate relationship. He said, I do not know you. And what was the reason? Oil. Oil. Everybody had lights. Everybody had a lamp. Everybody had the external looks. Every, the difference between the virgins was not their lights. Was their oil. Oil for the light. What is at the base of your light? The things you show around. What is really deep within? That's the one that God sees. That's the one that connects you to God. The light can connect you to everybody and can deceive your pastor, but won't deceive God. But the oil, what are you carrying? What is underneath the things that we see? Your preaching, your singing, your expressions, your coming to church. Is it a beloved? Is it for fame? Is it for the clapping? Is it for a group of black people that you found who are your kind? Is it a place where your children can grow because you come from some place where you don't belong here and therefore you, I want them to interact with my kind? What is the content? Is it truly oil? I'll tell you something that will shock you. Many people say that, you know, they had light and everything and it was unfortunate that their oil got finished and therefore they needed to go and replenish. Oh, it's not true. Verse 3. They had come with no oil. You may not have seen it in the Bible. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Yeah. 
You never saw it. They took no oil. But they had light. So something else was generating the fire. Something else, not oil. That all, even their colleague virgins were deceived. Until the bridegroom came. So no, these people have no oil. Shut them out. I don't know them. A lot of things can produce light. A lot of things can show outward expression. A lot of things can draw people to church and even preaching and things. But what is it? That is underneath. What's your motivation? What's your heart? What is inside there? God, he wants only oil. The oil is the relationship fix. The oil is the love. The oil is a spirit. The oil is a heart. And the people say, we can't share with you. That relationship we cannot share. I can share scriptures with you. I can share my Bible with you. But I cannot share my relationship with God with you. That one is not shareable. I've lived in many people's homes. Tomorrow I'm going to be living in my brother-in-law's home. By God's grace, or tonight. The last time I lived in his home. He gave me food. I shared his rooms. I shared his air conditioning. I shared, even read his Bible. I shared his medical supplies because I was not well. I shared everything. But I didn't share the marriage relationship with his wife. He didn't give me that one. He didn't share that one. Although his wife is my sister's my wife's sister. I mean the closest. If I want, he said, I'm wrong. But he didn't share. And, and, and what? I will share. Oh. I've come to preach powerfully in UK. I've traveled. I've spent money. He says, are you blessed by this? Very blessed. But you won't share your wife at all. Oh. You know my wife is not here, right? No, I will share. Oh. Why? Oh no, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. There are certain things you cannot share. Certain things you can't share. This morning, Helen came to me. Helen, come. Helen came to me and gave me a hug. And says, am I okay? And as he was hugging me, I said, oh, that's the furthest I can go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a certain statement was made. This one, you don't do it for another person. There are certain things you can't share. That's marriage. That's the wife. That's a relationship. That's their love. That's their intimate parts. We don't share. You can share the outward. You can share the light. You can share my Bible. You can share my church. You can share my pulpit. But there's one thing. My relationship with God, you can't share. And that determines a lot. You can't share my oil. The fruits they have is because of what they have together. They can't share their fruits. The DNA in their children will never be mine. The fruits are based on that intimate relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, as we go, let's know that your closeness with God 
is what God is looking for. It's love is what generates that intimacy. That relationship, that oil is what God is looking for. And that one you can never share. And God sees strange fire and rejects it. What is it that was causing the lamp to burn when you see a lantern? The light that is coming out there should be powered by the oil at the base. So since they didn't carry oil and they had light, one wonders what is it that was inside that nobody knew? Which did not last? Which when at the real time when it mattered the most it became obvious that they didn't qualify. The lantern at the top the glass that everybody see had light. But they came with no oil. Something else was causing the light. But it wasn't oil. We need oil for the light. Pastoral work. God desires love. Love for him. Is the oil. Let me tell you, even if you are a pastor's, a bishop's child, God does not deal with in-laws. My in-law is a marriage thing. Or grand something. You are my child or my bride. My bride, the church is the bride. Not the bride-in-law, a brother-in-law of the bride. Your bishop may have a relationship. It doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. Your spouse even may have a relationship. It does not qualify you. You can't share. You can't share. God doesn't deal with second level relationship. Like brother-in-law, sister-in-law, uncle, auntie is always bride. And bride is love. You can go and marry somebody for papers. The person can be deceived. But God cannot be deceived. I know marriages of convenience all over the place. And when it matters most, you know the person doesn't love. But God, you can't deceive. Because the light doesn't. Even Bishop Aaron in the Bible. The original, the first priest. Moses said, I can't be priest. Bring Aaron. So Moses was a supervisor. Aaron was a priest. Aaron's children were the next set of priests. They went and burnt incense with strange fire. God rejected it. Let me read it to you. Leviticus chapter 24 from verse 1. Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil of olive beaten for the light. Somebody say oil for the light. Whatever people see let it be powered by your love for God. The oil must be love. Pure love. Pure oil. Pure oil of olive for the light. Nothing else. God was strict about it. Not just oil. He didn't mean just oil. 
pure oil of olive, pure, it means nothing else should contaminate. There should be no other reason. Pure oil of olive beating for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually so that if it doesn't, it will stop like the other virgins. Without the veil, even outside of the veil of the testimony and in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it. The word is order it. God wants the priest and I happen here at least I'm delegated to be your priest. The convener. I must order it before I leave. I must place that order on your heart. Let there be pure oil, my brothers, fellow brothers, fellow sisters, fellow Lord President, fellow Lord Lord people. Don't make mediocre the ministry because you are lay. We need pure oil to power our light. Tell Aaron to order it from the evening even unto the morning before the Lord continually. Let him order it. When they say evening to morning, it's different from morning to evening. Morning to evening, the sun is there. You can never, you be deceived. Oh, your light is very powerful. I said, no, evening to morning. When it matters most for your light to show. Evening to morning continually. Even when people are asleep, when there's darkness, let it burn continue, and Aaron must order it. Evening to morning, before the Lord continually, it shall be a statute forever in your generations. No matter who you are, that's a statute. It's not going to be compromised. It has to be I'm sorry. Oh, oh, now I know I really love you. Well, when it's all, when the taps are down, your love for God must count. He shall order the lamps upon the pure candlesticks before the Lord continually. It should be reminded forever and ever for all generations. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. It is so important that, listen, these boys, Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, their father was the one who orders the love, orders the oil, pure oil. But these boys did not use the right oil. God struck them dead. I don't want them. Leviticus 10, verse 1. And to three, the Bible says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein. Not oil, fire. And put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, fire for fire. And devoured them, and they died 
before the Lord. Now watch the reaction of Aaron and Moses after this. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is it that the Lord said. The Lord commanded it. The Lord said, this is it. This is the thing. See the problem you've caused? You are the one to order. You should have trained your children. You should have let the children know that God wants pure. This is what God said. This is what the Lord said, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come near me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. It was so important that when they did it, Moses said, no crying, no mourning, no mourning. You know the truth. You know the right thing. Stop, stop, stop grieving here. Stop mourning. Aaron kept quiet because he knew it was true. Look, it is so true that if it happens to you, people who really know it will know that now. This is not what God was looking for all the time. And pastors, unfortunately, are at the highest risk. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, I believe, he said, many shall come unto me saying, Lord, Lord. It's in fact, it says, not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. But they that do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then he goes to the next verse. He says that, for many shall come unto me. Many. Saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? The next verse says, and I will say to them, I never knew you. This is what was said to the foolish virgins. The reason, no oil. In spite of the light, in spite of the coming in, in spite of expectations, no oil. Says, I never knew you. Not that I've stopped knowing you. I never knew you. I know you not. And he said, ye that worketh iniquity, I never knew you. I never knew. But look at the thing. What were they doing in the verse before? Lord, Lord, have you forgotten? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? I prophesied. That sounds like a pastor. Prophet. I cast out demons. Is it not pastors who do that? Deliverance service. All night. Deliverance service. Healing service. Impartation service. I did many wonderful works. Pastors. Convention. Building churches. This sounds like pastors. Some regular church members who do that. But he said, I never knew you. Ye that work iniquity. Love. 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 Now, what is a neutralizer of this statement? What is it that when you have in both verses, you can never be told, I never knew you? Do you want to know? These virgins who were foolish were told, I never knew you. 
These people who were doing miracles, service, healing service, deliverance service, wonderful works, prophesying. I never knew you. He that work iniquity. What's the neutralizer? First Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 2. If any man, verse number 3, if any man loves the Lord, the same is known of him. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. If any man will love the Lord, he can never tell you, I don't know you. He can't. If any man loves the Lord, the same is known of him. Me, I've decided to love God with my life, with my wife, with my children, with my money, with my gifts, with my lay, with my emotions. You can't even cry before God. Can ministry things move you to tears? Can you feel? Sometimes you say, Lord, people don't like you. Love God. If any man love God, never will he be able to say, I don't know you. Love is the thing, the main thing. Love is the main thing. Not works, nothing else. Not prophecies, not wonderful works, not casting out demons. Love. Let me tell you, in case you are doubting, God can anoint unbelievers. Did you know that? God, in fact, anoints unbelievers when he can't find believers to do his work. King Cyrus was an unbeliever king. Nobody would build his kingdom, but King Cyrus was willing. God anointed King Cyrus. After that, the anointing lifted. I think it's in Isaiah chapter 45, 44 and 45. And he did well. He built everything. Wonderful works. Cyrus, one he had anointed, a king, atheist king, who doesn't know God, but God anointed him to do it. That is why you can see that there are even some pastors. My sister, God bless you, okay? Next time you can go to China, but not here. Hallelujah. Look, don't go Chinese, please, on me. Don't go Chinese. If any man love God, if any man love God, the same is known of him. Yeah, what was I saying? Cyrus. That is why there are some men of God. There one man of God who was he was blowing the church members. And one church member, as he was put on the pine, said, Pastor, but when you have sex with us like that and you're going to pray, don't you feel guilty? And then the man told the girl, that's when the anointing even comes more. And he could be right. And he could be right. Not right as in God is happy with it. 
sometimes somebody is in the congregation who's praying to God, sincerely loves God. God needs somebody to deliver. He has nobody but your pastor. And therefore, the anointing service is powerful because of that person's prayer, not the love that the pastor has for God. Don't be deceived. So, me, I don't use signs and wonders as a sign of my love for God. I use closeness and personal relationship. Signs and wonders are deception. Pure oil for the light. You will get the same thing when you love God. But people can, signs and wonders can be manifested through people's prayers. God wants to bless them. God wanted to bless Israel. The Israeli kings who had become atheists and vain, he blessed an anointed King Cyrus to help them build Israel. Yeah. It is serious. And it is real to the point where, where, where God will tell the people, you know, Jesus once was preaching and somebody came and said, your mother, your brothers and sisters are waiting out. Then he said, who's my brother? Who's my mother? Who's my sister? And his answer was, they that do the will of the father. They that do the will of the father. They are my brother. They are my mother. They are, my, they are the family that I'm taking to heaven. They had that do the will of the father. I don't know you. Ye that do iniquity. Iniquity is somebody who doesn't do the will of the Father. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Ye who don't do the will of the Father. Your mother, your father, your children, your, your, your brothers are waiting. My brothers and sisters, my family in heaven are those that do the will of the Father. What is loving God? What is loving God? What is loving God? 1 John chapter 5 verse 3. And this is the love of God. That ye keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. You want the definition? This is the love of God. That ye keep his commandments. And his commandments, they are not grievous. You think disobedience is sweet. You think obedience is hard. Try disobedience. Yeah. When God was looking for lovers, he looked away from disobedient and went to the obedient. And he called the obedient somebody who is after my own heart. That was David. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 and 14. God told Samuel, you have done, also, I mean, told Saul, you have done so foolishly by the disobedience and all that. I was just about to establish your throne forever. And Samuel said to Saul, thou has done foolishly. Thou has not, why? You have not done foolish virgins. 
not loving virgins, they don't keep the command. And God calls it foolishness when you don't keep the commandment. God called the foolish virgins, the virgins who didn't have the oil foolish. They didn't have love. Thou has done foolishly. Because why? You have not kept the commandment. It's foolishness. Foolish virgins don't keep commandment. Foolish virgins. You are going to define foolish virgins in the church. All of us are virgins. You want to define the foolish Those who don't keep the commandment. Those who don't love God. Thou has done foolishly. Thou has not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God. Which he commanded thee. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom upon Israel forever. Now look at the next verse. When he turned away, what did he look for? He looked for love. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man of love after his own heart. And what's the definition of a man after his own heart? And the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people because because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And the Lord had commanded him to keep all that he had. A man after God's own heart. A man of love. David was a lover. God liked him. Listen. All that you do, notwithstanding, love God. Love God. Just love God. If you love Bishop, fine, but love God first. Love God first. You have no business loving Bishop when you don't love God. You make him a cult leader. You will make him a cult leader. Sometimes you give people reason to say he's a cult leader. Because you don't even know any scriptures to obey. But you are following flow, flow, flow. Flow for what? Flowing for what? When are we going to hell? Don't flow to the television until you're flown with oil for the light in love. Flow with God so that I can flow with Bishop. Flow with God. Flow with God. Did you know that if you don't love God, you don't qualify to be a pastor? Did you know that? Number one, Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you pastors after mine own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. To feed like this, you can't do it unless you love God. Unless you love God. You won't have any revelation to teach. No, you won't. You will take the book and do 527 all right, but no revelation. 
Should I prove it to you? When you take the book 527, you are only a servant. You're only doing what you've been told. There's no life there. There's no love there. There's no oil for the light you are presenting. Jesus told the disciples in John 15, verse 15, Henceforth, I call you no longer servants. I don't call you servants anymore. Forget it. Forget the definition of servant. You like work for the Lord, work for the Lord, work for the Lord. If you don't take care, it can take you to hell. You love the work of the Lord, that not the Lord of the work. Henceforth, I call you not servant. Why? Watch this, eh? Watch this. Watch this. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. Your eyes will not be open. But I have called you friends. Love has come. So I'm your friends now. We have a relationship. For all things that I have heard of the Father, I have made known to you. Revelation. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Revelation comes to friends. Revelation doesn't come to servants who are just serving the Lord all day long. Working for the Lord all day long without love. Now, I don't want to be a part of that. Why would you want to be a part of that? Revelation comes to friends. Henceforth call you no more servants. For servants don't know. You are just a servant. You are not a lover. That's why the name first love is powerful. And even those who are from UD who come, they call them greater lovers. The servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. She wouldn't know. This thing is this morning that the Lord showed me. I shared it with the people in the car. Michael, remember? I had a dream. I won't tell you the dream. The Lord pointed this to me. I've always known that friends, it's better to be friends than to be servants. But I had not related to revelation. All things that I have heard of the Father, I have made known to you. Learn to love God. Learn to love God. If you love the Lord, To me, this is the best book. I'll take it as a book of the year. Clap for Jesus. (laughs) 
Mr. Photographer, if you don't know what photograph to take and you can't take this, then you are disqualified. Where is he? He's not even here. They're sitting now, sleeping. This is what should be actually on our pictures. Yes. See, standing there. I don't blame you. You're also thinking about going to heaven. This is it. Read every bit of it before you read the next book. I'm telling you. Read every bit of this book before you read any other book. Jesus was talking to Peter. After resurrecting, he was about to go to heaven. He said, there's one last message, most important message I need to preach. John 21, verse 15. He said, Peter, Peter, do you love me more than this? Do you love me? So first, to love God is to keep his commandments. Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than the fish I've given you? More than the disciples you were swimming with before you saw me? Do you love me more than the boat? More than your job? Do you love me? More than the fish that you've caught? Feed my lambs. Then Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. If you love God, he knows. The Lord knoweth them that love. Then he said, feed my lambs. In other words, I am going, please. If you're going to feed my lambs, make sure you love me. He said it three times. Next, verse 16. He said to him again, second time. Look at the Bible. He said to him again the second. Again means second time. Why do you say second time? He said to him again the second time. This emphasis. Simon with name. Son of Jonas. With description and source. You may have the name. Three of you may be called John. But God knows who you are. And he's demanding a personal love. Not a group love. Not a group hug. Not a church love. Not your bishop's love. Not daddy prophet's love. Not your late president's love. Not the first lover's love. Not the not the, not the um, greater lover's love. Not um, MTCDW uh, BFI church love. But Simon, son of Judas, Jonas, yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. Because it cannot be shared. You want to feed sheep? You want to feed the lost sheep? Love the Lord. He said unto him, the third time, Simon, again, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Don't be grieved. Don't be grieved that that question is coming up strong at you. Don't be grieved. Don't be grieved. Just think deeply about it. Just take it seriously. 
lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. And it's true, he knows all things. You can't deceive him. Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. You all have sheep. Don't feed the sheep without loving God. Do you know that loving God qualifies you for the anointing? I'll say it again. Did you know that even the anointing, God qualifies people, one of the qualifications is to love him. Another qualification, I mean, he has to do something so he will anoint somebody. But lovers get anointed. Actually, the Holy Spirit was introduced by Jesus based on love. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. If you love me, again, it's defined here. Love is keeping his commandment. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he goes to the next verse and says, and if you do that, if you love me, I will pray to the Father so that he will give you the comforter. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. I'm not preaching, I'm teaching. I'm taking my time. If you love me, keep my commandment. The word, I'm using grammar here, as student, and, and never starts a statement. It's a conjunction. It's a connection from the previous to the next. It never stands by itself. When you see end, you better go into the context of what came before. Yeah, the pretext. If you love me, keep my commandment is the basis of that end. And don't think the comforter, the Holy Spirit will come to me and say, it's for lovers. And I, Jesus, will command, will pray. There are people that Jesus prays for, lovers. Prays for anointing for you. If you love me, keep my commandment. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Lovers are given the Holy Spirit forever. Anointing. His presence. Yeah. And it goes on in verse 17. The spirit that the world does not even understand. They don't even know him. Even the spirit of truth. 
whom the world cannot receive, they can't. They don't love him. Because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Lovers of God don't only get anointing upon them, they get the fruits of the Spirit in them. The Spirit of God builds them. They have a character like God. He love God. He prepares you for the mansions. He prepares you for heaven. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He talks to you. He helps you. He guides you. He tells you, many of you, when you are angry and you feel that stop that anger, don't do that and things. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you love God, that's enabling you to obey his command. That's it. you know him. He will dwell with you. He lives with you. Don't try coming near. My atmosphere is secure. He lives with you. And shall be in you. He will even be upon you. The next verse, King James says, and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Come for Jesus. I will not leave you spirit free. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. I will come to you. I will comfort you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. As you go home, love God. Love God. Just love God. Keep his commandments. Keeping his commandments is what other people call righteousness. First John chapter 3. Verse 7. He says, Beloved little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Even as he is righteous. Your struggle with sin can cost you. Let it go. And let the anointing flow. One day I was with a nurse stuck naked in my bed. I could not do it. Yeah. You're not alone striving against sin. Your love for God will be the one that will fight for you. I entertained her. I did everything. I gave everything. I gave juice. I gave Santa everything. Well prepared. I was red hot in the central region. Metallic power. Yeah. a shepherd. 
available had gone for sorting out or whatever it was. And a nurse had followed me. Or rather, I had shepherded a nurse into my room. Joseph said, how can I do this wickedness and sin against God? That's how passionate Joseph was about God. He loved God. And Bible says, because of that, the presence of God was with him and God prospered him. Genesis 39. Go and read verse 10, verse 11. How can I do this wickedness? Beautiful, the most beautiful woman in the East. Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife had issues with Potiphar. He didn't even like him. She didn't like him. But Joseph was 17 years and strong. Verse 11. And it came to pass about that time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men in the house there within. What do you do in secret? The oil must burn from the evening to the morning. When nobody sees, your love must show in your closet. In secret. Light is for people, but the oil, nobody sees the oil under. Everybody sees the light. God sees the oil. God has night vision. You show your love to God when nobody is around. And look, verse 12. Nobody was around. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. He left his garment in her hands and fled. Flee youthful lust. Some of you, some church members would like you to eat you up. When you are pray, preaching, you are so, look so, because of the ointment, the vet, the oil, the, 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 because of something, the virgins do love thee. She caught him, the garment, fled, and he fled and got him out. Amen. But verse 9, verse 9, verse 9, verse 9. That's what started the whole thing. He fought it. Verse 8. Uh-huh, verse 9, good. Verse 9. Uh-huh. There is none great. Let's start from verse 8. Why not? Verse 8. Verse 8. But David, Joseph refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master watered not what is with me in the house. And he had committed all that he had to my hand. Next verse. Next verse. Nine, nine, good. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife. We don't share. Reverend Achi. Yeah. You heard it from Reverend Achi. It's biblical. You know the man is a man of the word. No way. He's just he's saying it. He will not have pity on me. He's just saying it. No way, no way, no way. You see? No way. Because you are his wife. Huh? Then he said, his real motive. Some of you can't bring God when you are battling with sin. When you are battling with another boy. As recently, 
one of my church members, teenager, 14, 13. Why don't you? Their friends had boyfriend. Why don't you have a boyfriend? He said, because they are too much work. So look at you. So I told, so when they don't become too, they don't give you too much work, you take. But look at Joseph. Says, neither has he kept anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Once that lady stripped naked like a banana, only underpants and the cleft. Yes, I shouldn't say it. The only thing that saved me was I let her know I'm a shepherd in lighthouse. I can't do this. God is watching. She got up. She got up. Learn to use the name of he whom you love. That's the only thing that the demons are afraid of. Every explanation, you know, I don't want to get pregnant, you know, I don't want to impregnate you, you know, there are diseases, you know, I have to go to work, you know, your mother will get to know about this, you know, there are people in the other room, they will see the way you walk that, they say, what's all this, what's all this? You know, my wife will find out. You know, you're a church member. You know, it will affect the church. To affect God, to affect, to affect my love. I love God. I can't do this. I can't do this and hurt my, my, my... Sometimes you are married. One person in the consulting room told me, Doctor, I've seen your ring, but I respect your marriage. I will keep it secret. Can we just have a swing? In the consulting room. A swing. A swing, yeah. Just one swing, and you give me something. Faithfulness. Ladies and gentlemen, it is real. It is real. It will leak anointing, sin, lies, cheating, little cheating here and there, little deceptions here and there, little unfaithfulness here and there. The little foxes that destroy the vine, it will leak you. Bible says of Joseph, everywhere he went, he did well. And God prospered because God was with him. Even Potiphar saw that God was with him. Therefore, I need to. Your presence of God, it shows when you can maintain. Listen, the differences in our ministries, you'll be surprised, surprised is our love for God and therefore our ability to obey his commandment. Hebrews 1, 9, the Bible says over there, that because you have loved righteousness, in other words, you have loved to obey the commandments of the Lord because you love him and hated iniquity. The Bible says, I, even I, thy God, God even, have anointed thee and lifted you above your colleagues or your fellows. The differences in ministry, the differences in sizes of church, the differences in power can be explained by the differences in our love of God that is manifested by our ability to keep his commandments and to flee sin and to love righteousness. 
in case you don't know. Levels, levels. Lift you above your fellow. Lift you above your fellow. Anoint you and lift you with the oil of gladness and lift you above your fellow, above your fellow, above your fellow. I will elevate you. I'll elevate you. I'll elevate you. I'll elevate you. I'll elevate you. Because you love me. You hate iniquity. You love righteousness. I, even me, myself, Go for loving God. Go for loving God. Don't just love the church. Don't just love your bishop. Don't just love your friends. Don't just love us. Love God. Love God. Love God. Love God. Love God. Don't just love the ministry. Don't just love preaching. Don't just love the word. Love God. Don't even love the anointing. It will come. I'm not saying you should love the anointing. You should love the word. oil for the light. Put your hands together for Jesus. Please be seated. point will be closing. Yeah, so much to say, so little time. I think next time we'll do our uh, cocktail and commissioning on Saturday, God willing. So that I can feel free throughout the Friday and everything. Because once we do the cocktail, everybody, people leave, they feel it's over and all these things. Yeah. It takes the wind out of the sail. Final thing. Lay pastors struggle with endurance. Endurance. They can't endure offense. Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty nine, Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? So offense should not drop you. Proverbs 24 verse 10. The Bible says, If you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small indeed. What have you been through? What have you survived? What have you suffered? Don't let it keep you and derail you from ministry. Stay youthful. Stay youthful. Stay youthful. Lay ministry because it's lay ministry. As you are working, you are doing ministry. You work for life. You are there. It should continue. It's not at the point you are going to retire and I'm too old. Some of you, the way you look, it's not good the way you look. The Bible says in Proverbs, I mean, um, Psalm 110 and verse 3, I read it. It says that 
thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. And like I said right now, in the beauty of holiness, anointing, power comes through holiness. In the beauty of holiness. So we've talked about power, we've talked about holiness. The next thing that makes your people willing is youthfulness. And thou shalt end it holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. Don't underestimate youthfulness. Not if, even if you are not in the youth, you have to have the dew of your youth. You have to be watered with youthfulness. You know, dew is droplets. You have to sprinkle yourself with dew, with youthfulness. Yeah. So that you can be strong. So that you can stay attract youthfulness. Attract the youth. Attract young people. Attract a youthful atmosphere. As you grow. Young people don't force to be grown. Old people try to stay young. Ministry willingness comes through youthfulness. Comes through power. Comes through holiness. Comes through youthfulness as well. The dew from your youth. Try and recapture some dew. Early things you used to do. Do them. Start branches. Start branches. Let me read just a passage to you. You know, Psalm 92 from verse 12 to 14 says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Palm tree is an ageless tree. The branches season, all seasons remains the same. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. High quality at all ages. Cedar of Lebanon, high quality. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the cause of our God. I like verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. I don't intend to retire anytime soon by the grace of God. Why retire when you can refire? I want to leave you with an example as you go home. The example of Caleb. Joshua chapter 14. From verse 7. The Bible says, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy or spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely, the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy God. Now, my God, watch this. And now, watch this one. Behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years, so he's how old now? 85. Even since Moses spake this word unto me, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old. I'm 85. But the next verse is very living. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sanctioned me. Clap for Jesus. 
that means he was 85 but he was exhibiting the strength of a 40 year old I pray that when you are 85 you will still be like 40 it is possible may the Caleb anointing be your portion I am this day as strong as I was when Moses sent me 40 when I was 40 may the dew of your youth come the dew of your youth when the dew was on the early parts of your youth may they be drawn to you wherever you are may you preach as strongly may you be as anointed may you be as holy may you be as great as you were the things you were doing may you not stop when you were doing bran- starting branches don't stop having branches when you were training shepherds don't retire and stop when you were giving believe God to give even the more And he said, give me now this mountain. As yet, I'm as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me. And my, as my strength was then. Even so is my strength now. Not just for blowing and wriggling the waist. Which is also okay. Central region power. Don't stop blowing. Don't retire from the bedroom either. Don't retire. Why not? Be adventurous even there. Intended for pleasure. It's even nicer when they are menopausal. The word will tell you men, oh, pause. But man, don't pause. Clap for Jesus. Just reach out for KY and Paul. Usually, the women who are like that, we've cancelled so many of them. The husband said, Ah, every time I say stop, stop, stop. Then that's why we got the men all posting. Men all post. Every time he says stop, stop. When he stops, what's he going? He's reaching out to pick up some big bottle of KY. Pause. Because I'm dry. And pause. Men all post. But not for you. It's for the medicine. Clap for Jesus. The same way that you don't want to pause. Don't pause on your church building scale. Don't pause on your on your the grace to start branches. Don't pause on your ability to preach. Don't pause on your ability to be transferred. Don't pause on your vision to become full time. If that's what God called you to do, never pause. Let not men or pause affect you. Men don't pause. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Don't think anything of that. As yet, next verse 12. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. The promises of the Lord, they are here and they are amen. What he did with you when you were 40, 
45 years ago, 30 years ago, he can do again now. Remember, faithful is he who has called you, who also will do it. Therefore, stay young. Stay young. Try and look young. Eat well. Eat well. Eat well. Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 5, you know, the Lord has filled will fill my mouth with good things early so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Eat well. Eat healthy. Some of you don't eat well. Yeah. If you don't learn to eat your food, you don't learn to eat your food as a medicine just to give you healing and strength. If you don't take care, you grow up, you will eat medicine like food. Courtesy, Dr. Nosh. I'll say it again. If as you are now, you want to be like Caleb, one way, eat properly. God seems to know who satisfy your mouth with the right things, good things. Good thing does not mean necessarily fatty foods. Supersize the McDonald's. No. It's not good. Good things. Eat your vegetables. Eat your fruits. Some of you should not eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. They should go to the table at the back. Check your medicals, physical examination. Check your blood pressure. Check your sugars. Eat well. Check your weight. Some of you should stop eating. I've stopped eating dinner. At least late dinner. My stomach was coming. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't take a stomach, when it blows up, it's a sign, it's a bad, we call it something obesity. Trunkal or whatever. It's a sign of diseases. Heart attack, stroke, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of them are there. Heart failure. Rheumatism, arthritis, arthritis. Metabolic syndromes. You know what it is. Syndrome X. Liver failure. Cancers. Come to obese people. Cancers. Come to obese people. Listen. Learn to eat moderately so that they don't moderate you. Your food. This one, there's a lot, lot of food. I took what I could take. That's it. I eat fruit. Eat fruits and the vegetables first before you eat this big one. Let it fill your stomach. You want to live long and be like Caleb? It's not just by confession. God says that's how he renews your youth like the eagle so that I can fly high. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Nobody says don't eat chocolate, but eat in bits. Moderation, everything in moderation. Eat all you can, but in moderation. That's because you went to a buffet, you've paid, so you should fill your stomach. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Do you re- are you really serious about ministry, about living long, so that the Lord will use you? And don't tell me because you are young, you can't practice it. When you develop that taste for good things, it's not good. And some of the older people say, when we were young and we didn't have money, wanted chocolate, we couldn't have it, wanted chicken, now that we can afford it, the, the doctor will dare not stop me. No, you are killing yourself. And nobody has said, eat lean meat. They have meat. Beef is not good meat. 
Red meat is not good meat. Eat white meat. Eat chicken. Eat fish. Eat what? Prawns, right? Salmon, fish, and even the chicken. I hear the thigh is not as good as the breast. Or, or rather, yeah, yeah, yeah. The breast is good. It better be good. <laughs> hey. No, serious. The thigh is considered red meat. Or, or about that. that. Dark meat, they call it. But the breast and the back and things, they are, they, are, they are good meat. Especially the breast. Amen. So me, I like chicken breast. I mean, generally we like breast. So we're at home. So even before God said it, God was keeping us alive. Anybody who likes bread. Everybody who likes bread, say amen. I didn't hear from the ladies, but I understand. Amen. Eat breast. Eat a lot of breast. Tell somebody, eat a lot of breast. I mean, chicken breast. Don't say anything. Eat a lot of breast. Don't stop eating breast. Tell somebody, don't stop eating breast. I mean chicken. And add, I mean chicken. I mean chicken. I mean chicken. I mean chicken. Amen. And listen. And listen. Try dress young. Dress young. Wear jeans more. Every time you wear this bulletin, you are walking like an old man. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Don't let age speak on you. Wear some leather jacket. Spend. Look, what I was wearing, it was only Reverend Michael who told me not to wear it. You would have seen youthfulness. Look, I had matching. My, I, my children, I they taking me shopping some black jet black and white top with tennis shoes black and white Nikes and they bought these jeans for me black I had them already but I wanted to tell you that my new age has come by God's grace yeah. Yeah. Exercise. 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 Go on walks. This pot belly is not doing you any good. Yeah. You blame arthritis. Exercise. You can even do exercise from your room. In the house. Do it. Squats. 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 You do 20 to 30 every morning. Press ups. Burn some fat. Eat your dinner like 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. Test 5, you are done. So that it will digest before you sleep. Let me tell you if you eat late dinner, what happens is this you eat and you go to sleep. The body has no need of energy anymore. When your car is not running, the fuel doesn't go down. It is in the storage tank. And the body does not keep it in the stomach. It mobilizes it into tissue called fatty tissue. It's storage. 
once you sleep, it goes to shut down and storage function takes place. It stores all the fat, everything away into storage. Because it doesn't need it for any matter. Your metabolism is lowest at sleep. And you too, you like sleep, you sleep for 10 hours. You even wake up to pray so that the body will use up energy. So once it's stored, listen carefully, I'm a physician. Once it is stored, it's very difficult to bring it back. The body never uses storage until you are starving and you, you don't do starvation too. And the sad thing about starvation is that you can't do it for long. Ketone diet and people do it for a while. Once you stop, the body runs fast. So it's not a good thing. So once you sleep, it takes out all the fat and store it. And you've been told that breakfast is the best meal. So when you wake up, you eat. Once you eat, the body says, I'm cool. I don't need to mobilize back any fat. It uses what you ate to move around. Becomes very scanty. And then you also eat dinner. So the storage one has gone. Then you eat dinner again and it adds more. Yeah. It's serious though. And then four, four, four. So all that, it is very, cost. the body is a very efficient system. It uses what you, it doesn't need any energy to process. That's the food you just took in. It doesn't need any energy to use it. So use it, when it wants to use fat, it has to use extra energy. Maybe it needs 30 calories of energy. It has to use 60 to get it mobilized, break it down from the fat to the blood tissue and from the blood tissue for it to go back to the tissues. That So 30, so really, if it breaks down, if it would, it will use a lot of energy. So the body efficiently does not do that. He uses lower energy, which is available, so that it will conserve energy. And that equivalent to retention and conservation of energy fat. And it's now your liver is fatty liver. You have a fatty heart. You have a fatty uh, 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 abdominal. And when your abdomen is big, like anytime you can look at your central region from above, your, your central region is about to die. You have poor belly and you can't see your molomolo. You are dying. You can't see your waist. You can't see your belt hook. You can't see your belt. Anytime you can't see your belt hook like this, you are finishing. You are finishing. So listen, listen. Learn to eat twice, not three times. Just because you are rich, you should eat three times. Foolish girl. I mean, not you, but that girl. Eat good breakfast. And if you like, do... Oh. Oh, God. Helen, tell her I'm preaching, okay? Tell her I'll fix her later. All right. <laughs> anyway. So, so, what was I saying? I'm so confused. Tell her I'll come later, okay? <laughs> anyway. So, eat breakfast and eat maybe a late lunch. But not dinner. Let dinner and lunch be combined. You don't want storage. Believe me, you don't want storage. Those who are fat or who are put on fat, they know it's hard to put it off. 
And even when you do, what you do to put away fat is so unnatural that the body does not sustain it. Who, who, who gets up early in the morning and go walking, running, and things every day? I mean, how can you sustain it? It's not normal. So you can live a normal life by actually doing no storage behavior. Yeah. You see? And dress young. Go shopping. Change your closet. Cut your hair. Cut your hair. Cut your beard. And you know, if you want to be in ministry and we want to be youthful, you must actually apply scripture. You know, when you see people with gray hair and things that, look, it's not a small thing. You look so old. And therefore, God cannot use you. When Paul wanted to be used of God in his old age, he told the people, he gave them an example. He told them, you want to serve God? Let me tell you a scripture. First Corinthians 15, 51. I die daily. Therefore, I die my head daily. Clap for the Lord Jesus. I die daily. Hey. So me, I took his advice. Tell somebody, I die daily. You must die to self. If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and deny himself daily. You have to deny your age. You have to deny your age. Therefore, you have to die daily. I die daily. Die daily. Hey, I die daily. I die daily. I died dead. Don't I look young? My goodness. And those of you who have beard. So, uh, like Abby said, I like it. You like this beard. You are growing old. Take that beard down. Take that beard down. And stop that nonsense of it looks good. It looks terrible. It looks old. It looks like you want to retire. And you are influencing us negatively. Stop that rough thing. You let me see you with that beard again. What is this? You are encouraging the young men to look old, to, to enjoy such things. Have you seen a bishop with beard before? I die daily. I shave daily. I run daily. I walk daily. I blow. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Why should I preach such a nice message for you? Only for you to go and die. Without using it, God forbid. Tell someone, I will not die. I will rather die this one daily. Die this one day so that I don't die. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny. If any man wants to come after me, Luke 9, 23, let him come after me. Let him take up his cross daily. Deny him, let him deny himself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Deny. Fight it. Fight it. 
I intend to be youthful. I intend to stay in the frame, in the main frame of ministry by the grace of God. I would say, call forth the dew of your youth. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord honor you. May the Lord make the lay world movement the best ever. Long live the love for God. Long live the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Long live the anointing on our bishop and our daddy and our papa. Long live the grace upon the house. Long live our ability to partake of the grace upon Bishop Doug. Long live that voice, that voice, that lovely voice of the words of God that God has given us. Long live our hearts that will sink in deep that voice and do and do and listen ourselves before going. Long live our lives. Long live the oil on our lives. Long live the lay world movement. Long live the lay presidents. Long live lay pastors in this land and beyond. Long live our zeal. May we be fruitful. May we live long that we may serve our maker. May the Holy Spirit host all of us from now. And may we come again with fruit that will show that something has clicked in our love for God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, do we close this meeting. God bless you. God bless you. So we welcome Dr. Nosh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.